The 100% Wild Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the nation's number one GPS hunting app. Download today in the Google Play and App Store. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. I'm Tim Chelsvik. I'm Matt Drury. And together we are the dream team of deer hunting. Uh, well, we're a team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually am quitting deer hunting, by I, the well, way. I was, I was meant to tell you this morning. Nightmare team. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. We suck. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. You and I were texting back and forth over the weekend, kind of checking in to see how each other did. Well, because well, Friday was supposed to be like the day. Yeah. You know, we had a good temperature drop, many front come through, and, and it was cool. The temperatures were great, Frank perfect, you know, kind of a north, northeast wind where I was hunting anyways. And so, you know, I thought this is going to be the night Mm -hmm. and I had some problems. You said you had some problems. Yours were man-made. Mine were (laughs) self-made. Yeah. So, so talk about yours and I can, well, we got in there. I mean, it was, like I said, it was perfect. We were going in there to to hunt that deer that I had been encountering over and over and over. And if he did what he had been doing, we were going to be in a perfect position. We were in a tree stand, but of course the foliage is all gone. And -hmm. we're in this little, kind of this little point in the timber that a bean field kind of wrapped around. Sure. It's cut beans, except in front of us, we have, I paid the farmer for him to leave about an acre of beans there, acre or two acres. Mm -hmm. And so we were set up, all the deer that come out of the timber right in front of us are going to walk down the little little road that the farmer has there, 20 yards. Well, so we got in early. It's all good. We, I mean, no harm, no foul and didn't spook anything. We're sitting there. And of course, I'm on my phone, <laughs> you know, like looking at emails and I'm yeah. looking out towards the bean field. Scott, his tree stands looking down into the timber. And even though the foliage is down, the timber, it's still, it's thick in there. Mm-hmm. And so he, I heard him say, Hey, Matt, do, 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 you know? And so I, my back's to it and I'm sitting, so I don't know how far or if I can move or so I'm just, it's dead quiet too. So I'm just sitting Sucks. there That's and hard. I can hear the footsteps. I, I know she's relatively close, mm-hmm. like within I thought 30, 40 yards maybe. And I mean, I'm like breaking my neck trying <laughs> to funny? slowly oh, yeah. look behind me around the tree. My it's eyeballs like are pose. popping out of my head. <laughs> you know, I can't turn. Like I enough. cannot, I'm, I need to be an owl here, but I just couldn't get around. And finally nothing was going on. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to make a move, slight move. I'm still moving slow. Mm-hmm. And I literally like shift my body just ever so slightly, get my head a little further away from the tree. And then she stared at me and all of a sudden you see the, the, the neck she's, you know, yep, the bob down, in the head. But, yeah. She's bobbing and weaving. And I was like, Oh, and, uh, so she starts kind of walking, walking hard and she okay. walks out, she gets out into the, from the timber into the, into this little road of the beans. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just, I freaking dare you to keep walking. <laughs> I don't want to kill you so I, bad. I, yeah, because like I, I knew I don't. You know, I knew there were more deer behind her, but I could. She had me dead to rights, and she didn't come out far enough into you know to where I could grab my bow and get a shot. And I was like, crap. And then finally, I was like, can I stand up? And he's like, stand up. There's a buck. There's a buck. I stand up, and it was a nine. It turns out, I think it was a nine pointer that I had passed a couple times in the year. And uh-huh. but, but it just nothing blew. They never winded us. We had the perfect wind. It just it dominoed everything out back into the timber sure. at 315 <laughs> and I was like great done. I told Scott right then and there I knew the night was over even though we saw more deer but for a mature buck the deer I'm after the chances of him 
that that just slowed him up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. perfect conditions or not, it, even if it slowed him up, he was coming out right before dark anyways. So it slows him up enough to not be out before the, you know, legal shooting hours are over. So that was my night. You, you had a, a tale of a different. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a fair amount of human intrusion. Yeah. So the property I'm hunting is also up for sale and the realtors were coming out to show it. And sure enough, they picked the spot to rally with the clients right where I'm hunting. And I'm in my blade because it was it was the doe season. So I'm in yeah. my blaze orange, which to me as a bow hunter, it feels like you like it. an Elizabethan cone yeah. that dogs have to put on when yeah. they get injured. Uh, I'm sitting there and <laughs> they're walking by. They walked by, they were out there for probably an hour and a half. They walked by me three times. The fourth time <laughs> Did they look they, at you? They didn't see me, which what? is like it's <laughs> a pretty good spot, I guess, just in terms of visually. <laughs> um, the fourth time the guy, like the realtor, looks up, he's like, Oh, hey, <laughs> how long you been there? I was like, since 6 30 this morning. He's like, Really? <laughs> what time was this? <laughs> Two. Oh, good. Right when it's... Right. <laughs> I had pictures. I had trail cam pictures at one thirty of bucks walking through here. Yeah. And they and then, so they clear out. And I'm thinking, well, maybe there's still hope. Uh, and then right around 3 o'clock, one of the guys that works on the property decides to take his dogs for a walk, <laughs> run right through the bedding area that I'm on the downwind side of, and they blow some does out of there. And he walks by and I just, I just say, looks like I'm done. Oh, Hey Tim. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, so there's that. But then that night I was talking to my daughter. She was worse. (laughs) Well, it gets, it gets different. I was talking to my daughter. She was talking about like, I'm learning so much about women just by having a daughter (laughs) and (laughs) how social they are and how they relate to one. Anyway, uh, you know, a lot of times we, we see a deer, it gets hit and we're like, Oh, he did. And, and, and the deer runs off and it dies. And she was crying because some of the kids in her class are making fun of her. And, she just doesn't like to be, no one likes to be made fun of. And I was like, well, and what is it? Well, she's like, when we're playing tag and someone gets hit, I'll just say, he did it. <laughs> and the, and, and the kids just look at me like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like you're a Hoosier. <laughs> and she's like almost in tears and I'm trying not to laugh because yeah. it's funny. funny. It's yeah. hilarious. Not to hurt him. So maybe someday she'll be able to laugh about it. All right. So, so, um, so we got a special guest today, even more special than you and I. <laughs> I, I not special. Special as in the other special. He's actually special he's, as he's in he's got credentials in our industry yeah. and he's actually made a name for himself. Who is it we got Dan Schmidt, editor in chief of Deer and Deer Hunting. Dan been, been there 25 years. What's up, Dan? Hey guys, how you doing? We're thanks good. for having me on and thanks for those kind words. I don't know if I'm special, but I'll take the comment. <laughs> yeah, well, take it listen, I know this. Mark and Terry have nothing but the highest of remarks for you and always have. And and in general, deer and deer hunting, Brad Rucks, dearest friends, and it's been a long relationship. So we we appreciate everything you guys do for the sport and you know, the heritage that we love. You guys fly the flag very high for us. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Brad's been here longer than I've been and it's it's been uh, it's been quite a ride. It's been uh, I remember hunting with Mark and Terry. Gosh, it's almost I don't want to age them, but it's almost 25 years ago. And, uh, you know, same thing with Mark and Terry pioneers in this industry. You know, I mean, when we think back on just all these years and everything that's been done, uh, some a lot of good stuff and not only entertainment, but helping hunters become better hunters and the viewers of your podcast here. I don't know if I can teach you guys anything because I think you probably know it all, but it's, uh, 
it's very interesting to see how this has progressed over those years. It, it surely has evolved in 30 years. I mean, heck, the last 10 to 15 years, it's evolved the most, I think. And, um, and of course, I didn't get to see the first 15 years with them quite like I had mm-hmm. the, the, sec- the second half here. But it is pretty amazing what how the industry has changed, both good and bad. And and one of the things that you're going to talk to us about are, are how the just the numbers in general are changing, not only license sales, but harvest numbers and the deer herd. And it's Mark and Terry have been saying it for a couple of years, Mark, very loudly that he's very concerned about the state of our deer herd and in general across the country. It's not, you know, of course we see Missouri, Iowa, Illinois, he's got at least on tech. He sees those areas, but just in general talking to other folks in the industry or our viewers that, that might, you know, write us or whatever the case may be. It's, it's not a great state of affairs out there. And uh, I think everybody is hurting as a whole because of it. What what's you're, your take in general on where we're at today? Yeah, you're 100% right, Matt. Um, and that's one of the things uh, I've been very vocal on. And anybody who follows me on social media, especially in these last couple of weeks, I've been calling spade a spade in the fact that I've, hunt, I've worked here for 25 years. I've studied these numbers nationally for that long and kind of geeky about it. But um, to Mark's point, what I hear a lot on social media is that while hunting population, hunters' numbers are down because, you know, families are changing, kids don't hunt, you know, people aren't taking kids hunting and yada, 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 yada. My contention is that, yes, although a lot of those social factors are true, um, populations are down significantly across the country. And I'm not here to bash on agencies, but agencies haven't been doing a good enough job on number one, estimating herds. And some of that is because agencies have been gutted here in Wisconsin. Our DNR was gutted of all their biologists almost five, six, seven years ago, 500 employees gutted from that agency. Mm. But the, the work that's being done is these populations are not, they're not a shadow of what they were 25 years ago. Our populations are down, our harvests are down, uh, I just wrote a blog about this Friday, and I'm just going to give you a, a quick glimpse, especially for uh, a lot of the viewers here. Wisconsin, Illinois, Missouri, Indiana, Minnesota, that's kind of the heart of the country. It's not taking in effect, you know, New York, Pennsylvania, Texas, some big states. But those states that I mentioned, I'll give you quick uh, numbers here. Wisconsin, harvest down 25 percent. Illinois, down 15 percent. Missouri, down 11 percent. Indiana, down 10 percent. Minnesota, down 5 percent. That's harvest. And a lot of guys will say, well, yeah, Dan, but the number of hunters is down. <clears throat> yes, but if there were in Wisconsin, they're trying to tell me there's 2 million deer. There's not nearly 2 million deer. If there were 2 million deer, there's a lot of other things that would be going on. Number one, we'd have more hunters. Yeah. If we were managing these deer populations to sustain yield, I'm not saying overabundance. I'm just saying sustain yield. We would have more hunters. People are going to hunt. What's being squeezed out here. Uh, are the small hunters, the average guys. And I know a lot of them. I grew up with them. I'm still part of my family. Guys who hunt five, 10 acres, 15 acres. Michigan has felt this significantly this year with the baiting ban. <clears throat> Excuse me. And a lot. Of, I'm not going to get into ethics or any of that kind of stuff, but Michigan lost 20,000 hunters this year. And that should concern everybody. Some people say, well, I saw a bunch of deer. I had the greatest season of my life. I always tell people when you start the conversation with, 
I or me mm-hmm. or about yourself, that's not looking fo- that's not looking forward to the future of hunting. You need to be looking at everybody and embracing everybody. Yeah. And so I'm getting off a little bit of soapbox here, but we lose twenty thousand hunters from one state. It doesn't take much to extrapolate that and find out that we're going to lose masses and hunters in the hunting community needs masses to survive in the future. But that's a snippet. I could talk about this all day long. Um, if you look at Pennsylvania and Michigan, particularly, those two states used to have over a million deer hunters each, which is mind blowing. Michigan is half that now. Um, Pennsylvania is a fraction of what they used to have. And people say, well, yeah, well, that's the state of the fears. Well, look at Texas. Texas has increased hunters. They've increased deer populations and they've increased deer harvest. Yes, they're the biggest state in the country, but Texas, what I think they're doing right, this is another sidebar I could go off, but what they're doing right is not as many regulations, um, a lot more opportunities and making things easier for hunters these days, because let's face it, it's, it's, it's tough these days. You got a lot of things pulling at you, a lot of different distractions. And um, the more we reduce those, the more we are more inclusive, I think is going to be better for deer hunting in the future. Inclusive in what way, Dan? Like, so what are some of the regulations that the Texas is changing or repealing that regulating more or less? <clears throat> yeah. It's now I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying they're perfect, Tim. What I'm saying with Texas, and I know that it's different where, where you go in Texas, but the, the, um, let's gun case laws, you know, there's, there's all these little things, gun case laws, um, uh, baiting, whether you can bait or not, how many deer you can harvest. The way I say it, and my friend Ted Nugent, I know he's a lightning rod amongst many, but he put this in my mind and I wholeheartedly agree with him. States need to lay off on all these, okay, we're going to hit, basically tell me what my deer season is. It's going to open September 1st, September 15th, October 1st. I don't care. Tell me when it's going to open. Tell me when it's going to close and how many deer can I shoot? How should this any be di- be any different than fishing? You know, your fishing season opens here, your fishing season ends there, you can catch five walleyes a day or whatever it happens to be. I say, figure it out and let's get rid of all these. Well, no, you can't go hunting this weekend because it's a youth weekend. I, I agree with youth seasons in those places where they have them because it is more inclusive, but you fracture this so much to where guys are just like, they got to booklet that's this thick they're like you know i don't even know where to begin and where to end the perfect I think example it caused, caused is with missouri this weekend was the antlerless season even though we're archery hunting you gotta wear orange or at least that's right. you know you guys looked it up and it's like we think you have to wear orange it's never really clear it's it says it it's yeah and i and i actually spoke to someone at the Department of Conservation, and they're like, it, it kind of depends on which officer you speak to as to how they interpret that, and and that's like that's intimidating for for those of us that live and breathe it. You imagine what a barrier that is for someone that's just like, I want to try deer hunting, but heck, do I am I in an area where it's municipally. A, disallowed to discharge a firearm. Well then if that's the case, then I don't have to wear a blade. Like that's, that's kind of scary to know that there are steep consequences if you don't get the, so so Dan, I guess what you're saying is like, we just need to make it easier for people. Make it easier. Now that's a small example. Is somebody going to quit hunting because they couldn't wear orange? No, that's not the case. But I, and you guys know this, I am a full proponent of not having state mandate state mandated antler restrictions because 
we've been there, we've hunted, you know, somebody puts me on their property and says, you can only shoot, you know, a buck that's four years old or older. I can do that. But give some kid that or somebody who's 25 years old who just went hunting. They don't, I mean, how many people do you see? I see this a lot. They went hunting and what did you see? Oh, I saw a buck. Well, what was it? Uh, I, I don't know. It was like an eight or a 10. They don't know. They just know that it was a branch antler buck. They don't know that deer was three or four years old. And the same thing with a kid or I don't care, but he's, it could be a 70 year old guy with cancer. He wants to go out and kill that four corn. He's got, guess what? You can shoot two bucks or one buck or whatever the rules are. Go shoot that buck. Enjoy it. Have fun. Don't get stressed out about it. There's things like that, that there's so many, um, people in the conversation mm-hmm. that they're trying to manipulate this thinking that it's going to somehow be better for them. Oh man, if we could only be a one buck state, why? Like here in Wisconsin, we have, I'm going to say probably 1.3 to 1.4 million whitetails. If we do nothing, we're going to have, you know, we can have harvests of 300, 350,000 again, without a problem. If you want to go out and fill your tags, you're out of the woods September 15th. I don't care. Go ahead and do that. And that's kind of what I'm getting at is that, like you guys say, there's so much. You could get busted for a regu- uh, regulation violation probably any day of the week because there's things in there that just they shouldn't be in there. It's like, OK, if it's gun season, wear orange. Fine. You know, have that, have, have that, that. But I think the bigger point is in answering your question, Tim, is being more inclusive is just just getting this more simple, getting it more simple, letting people have fun because that's why. Dan, what would you say to someone that says, well, if, if deer numbers are on the decline and hunter numbers are on the decline, just let that, let that process run its course because if there's less predation on deer, won't deer numbers rebound? Deer numbers will rebound. Yes. Um, I don't think I was, I don't think I was listening to your question correctly. I don't think, uh, one thing that kind of popped in my head that people say is like, well, good. I want less hunters because, you know, we have to, we don't have enough hunters. We can never have enough hunters. No. And I don't think anything that would deter hunters is a good thing. Mm-hmm. If your populations are on the decline, the biggest point that I think I would need to make, and most people watching this program are white tail fanatics enough to understand that. If I'm tell if the state comes out like here in Wisconsin, if I buy my bow license and my gun license, I get three free doe tags per license. So I get six free doe tags. Wow. Now to the average layman, they're like, hey, we're gonna go kill six does. You can't do that because most of these guys, like I said, they're hunting small properties. So I think what people need to understand is be more in tune with your property. And you guys have been at the top for preaching. You know, the QDMA and everybody has been preaching how to manage properties. But if you understand that, you know what what I'm talking about. If you don't understand that, understand, get in there and learn deer densities, learn how populations work. It's not that difficult and say, hey, okay, we could probably kill one doe off this 40 acre property, but we got six guys hunting it. We can't kill six yeah. times six. And that's what that's what the problem is. States are doing it because they want to reduce populations. I understand that. But there's got to be a better way. And I think people, if they educate themselves more, that population, like you said, that population will come back. If we stop doe hunting today, it'll come back in a year or two, depending upon where you're at. We're going to be back to where we're at. It's not the end of the world. Um, but we need to better educate ourselves as to 
how we're approaching that. You kind of got two different <clears throat> sections of hunters here. You got just in the most basic form, you got the weekend. Well, not to say it, just a gun hunter or just, you know, cause we, we love our gun season, but you kind of got the gun hunter. Like I might go out this opening weekend and that might be it. Or, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, three or four days tops or whatever. But then you got the serious guy that he's going 20, 30 times or 10, 15 times or whatever he, sure. and that guy knows his herd. He knows probably QDM, you know, there, there's certain things that he's trying to do to manage his property, but not everybody's like that. And to your point, I mean, we need overall numbers. And mm -hmm. if, if as in general, if hunting, de the decline of hunting continues, then our strength, our strength has always been in our numbers. So regulation. Because of the dollars behind th it. That's right. Yeah. Because of the revenue that it generates from state to state for corporations, for whatever the case may be. So as we continue to lose our numbers, the bigger issues, we lose our power. And as we lose our power, we lose that ability to continue to keep our hunting, keep people out of our hunting heritage, basically yeah. meaning like the people have no business meddling in it or changing regulations or rules or firearm laws or whatever the case may be. We lose that ability in my opinion. Yeah. And so even though you might not like the guy that goes, I, I was at a birthday party this weekend, a kid's birthday party. And, and so one of my wife's friends, she has a husband, he's, he's a avid fisherman and he loves to go turkey hunting, loves to go deer hunting. I say loves, he'll go opening weekend. Mm, yeah, you know what sure. I mean? And 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 so he was telling me a story of of his opening weekend this year. And he's like, Man, it just seems like our deer population is down and we didn't really see anything. We hunt on my dad's cousin's 40 acres. Mm, you know, mm -hmm, it's a it's yeah. a lot of that situation. And and uh, he said, and we just didn't usually we got one or two bucks and I walked the whole property and I didn't see any sign. And it's a lot of things that and in the back of my, my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I'm cringing because I, I wouldn't have walked the whole property on opening oh, day yeah, and yeah, yeah. things like that. But whatever. It's not that's not the point. The point is he's out there, he's hunting, he bought a license, he bought some gear to go out there. He wants to introduce his son. Mm -hmm. Well, he saw nothing the whole time on, on it's the demoralizing. It's and that's what he said. And on the last day, he's like, Man, he goes, I just wanted some meat for my freezer, and a spike come out in front of me. And he's like, I I shot the spike. Mm -hmm. And um <clears throat> and he said, Man, we go to the we go to the check-in station because it must have been a CWD county or okay. whatever. And so and he goes, they the guy in in front of me had this gigantic deer. You see the rack out, you know, coming out of the, the back <laughs> yeah, the of the bed. bed. And he goes, then the lady come over to mine and I opened the tailgate. She goes, huh, oh, <laughs> I was oh, like, all right, lady. He's, he even nice said job. this. He's like, all right, lady. He's like, I get it. Just, <laughs> just take the lip nodes of Here's my man card. Yeah. But he shouldn't have to feel that way. My point no. is he, look, this guy, he's going to go out that weekend. He's no different of a hunter than you or I. And the fact that he's, out there buying a tag. He's one of us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what? He hunts a little bit differently. So what? I don't care. I just want him to be a hunter, right? Yeah. And I want his son to become a hunter. So you got to encourage it as much as we might cringe. Like you wouldn't want to do that on your piece, but oh, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, oh, well, it's, it's not retain your, him. That's right. So there's, there's, you got that. You got those two factions of hunters and we kind of war within ourselves, you know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's unfortunate. All you got to do is go on Facebook and see that. Yeah. And then, so you put that aside 
And then you go beyond that. And then, okay, now what are the other reasons for the decline? Well, you're talking about deer density, the deer numbers declining. What's the reason there? Well, a lot of it has to do with you want an EHD outbreak rolls through the Midwest or whatever help. the case, you, you know, you're wiping out in certain counties, a couple thousand deer at mm-hmm. a time, like all of a sudden, all right, the deer numbers are down and people go out one, two times. They're like, well, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to keep yeah. going out and hunting nothing. So that affects it. And then you got, go, let's go back to another group of, of people. Okay. CWD is a huge, a huge lightning rod of an issue for some people, for a lot of people, but most people, I don't think understand it myself included. I would never say I could speak on it as an expert, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> so some people say it doesn't exist. It's been, or it does exist. It's been around forever. Some people say, Hey, I see all these deer die of EHD, but all the funding's going to CWD. Why don't we go try to figure out some sort of fix for the EHD issue? Dan, do you have any input on, on that? Like there's a group of people that just, it's like, Hey, why are we talking about CWD when I just saw 30 dead deer in my, you know, in, in the Creek system on my farm? Yeah. Uh, Matt, that's some good points you bring up there. Um, another topic that we could talk about probably for a week, but um, my thoughts on EHD funding, there's really not much you can do about it right now that we know about. Should there be funding towards EHD? Yes, but it's also a testament towards, now that's a unique part of the country, kind of right through your area there, Missouri, Iowa, parts of Illinois, I think Kentucky, that they're dealing with EHD the bigger problem that I have with this whole discussion with CWD is I think for the most part, and I know I'm going to take criticism for this, for the most part, we are wasting millions of dollars. CWD, is it a concern? Yes. Is it spreading? Yes. However, what are we doing about it? We are spending so many millions of dollars giving it to nonprofits, giving it to to agencies for not real research. I mean, there's some good research going on, but we're not seeing we're not seeing what what we're spending all this money on is. Yep, we got it. Well, yeah, we know that. Um, yep, it's spreading. Yeah, we know that. Um, what I would like to see is those dollars being spent towards real research on the disease itself. Okay, prevalence rates, where it's spreading. Well. Call up the map. QDMA has got a map. It's basically, yeah, the whole country's got it. You know? <clears throat> it's like, okay, we know that's spreading. What can we do about it? Right now, we don't know anything that we can do anything about CWD. Should we be concerned about it for the health of the deer herd? Yeah. What can we do about it? Well, we have been doing a good job keeping populations in check. Um, some of the, the lightning rod rallying points, I don't agree with. I do not agree with, I'm, I, I'm working on a blog right now, and I, actually you're talking about, I was going to pull this into another discussion. You're talking about soybeans that you planted and that you're hunting over. I'm talking about corn. Um, people say, well, we have to ban baiting in these places that still have it because, you know, it's spread by mouth-to-mouth transmission or nose-to-nose transmission. All right, here, I'm going to f- try to find the statistic for you because it blows my mind. Because if we're talking about harvesting deer, okay, we talk about people going out, having fun, harvesting deer, putting deer in their their freezers, awesome. Okay, it's also called population management, which also is awesome. One bushel of corn, as you know, is 56 pounds. So if a guy that you know in a state that you know that can bait, how many bags of corn will that guy put out? A couple? 
maybe two weeks before gun season, he'll put out a couple bags. Maybe the week before gun season, he'll put out a couple bags. Okay, let's say two to 300 pounds of corn he puts out for bait. Okay, in Michigan, we lost 20,000 of those guys and gals because they couldn't do that anymore. What about the guy who's planting a food plot? That half acre food plot is, I got the number and I cannot find it. It's the equivalent, it's 7,840 pounds. That's for an acre. So half of that, 4,002 tons of corn that you can put in a half acre food plot. We're running down the wrong rabbit holes is what I'm saying. Hmm. If if they're saying that, um, hey, you know what? Let's all feel good about ourselves, pat ourselves on the back because we banned baiting, that that's going to fight CWD. No, it's not. That I, I could go spit out in the wind right now and that's going to fight CWD as much as that is. Hmm. The other thing that we really need to look long and hard on and get what another thing that I'll say is people get upset about. I've been a big proponent in areas where no antler restrictions, what's spreading CWD and a, a mature buck, a four-year-old buck is 40% more likely to have CWD than a younger deer. So in these areas where they have antler restrictions, why in the world are you promoting antler restrictions yet banning baiting? The two are totally would be the same as far as how of that mature buck. Okay. He travels seven miles in the course of a fall. How many licking branches did he touch? Yeah. You know, how many rutabagas or purple top turnips did he pick up and drop? And he's more likely to have CWD than that yearling buck that that guy that you're talking about, who's going out there with his Remington 870 with slugs and a smooth bore would be happy to kill, but he can't because they have a, you know, an eight point restriction or wherever yeah, he hunts. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the things that I think we need to look at. But uh, that's a kind of a rambling answer to your question is, I think more money should be being spent on CWD overall, but it should be spent on real research about the disease. And we might not, I don't think, honestly, I'm going to predict we're never going to find an answer to CWD other than confirming that, nope, this doesn't infect humans. Should we manage populations to responsible levels? Yes, we're already doing that. Um, If we want to feel good about picking up road kills and putting them in dumpsters that are marked CWD research, fine, go ahead and do that. But don't be spending the millions and millions of dollars basically telling us what we already know. Yeah, it's here. Yeah, it's spreading. Um, should Should you not transport a whole deer from Missouri to Wisconsin? Of course not. Okay, just tell people that. Don't spend billions of dollars saying that no, the education is here. We got Facebook, let's fire it up and put it on there. Hey guys, you know what? If you're traveling out of state to hunt, you have to bone the deer up before you come home. Case closed, clap our hands, move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. In, in general, I'm more of a small government guy. Like I, I think we probably, like we have way too many laws and laws are typically created for lawbreakers. And most hunters are ethical and responsible and police themselves. And and I, and I just, I kind of, I have a gut reaction anytime someone says, well, we got to do something like that. That's a recipe for getting yourself into trouble. Like sometimes you need to like, you need to study, you need to understand. And just doing something isn't always the best, just for the sake of doing something isn't the best, isn't the best route. And I, and I just, I hear a lot of people that have very strong views on both sides. And like, I think if they were just to be honest, they would like, they probably couldn't talk for more than a minute cogently about 
the issue. They've just kind of picked what happens to be the most convenient position for them based on their personal experience. And that's what they're going with. Yeah. Which is too bad. But that's a lot of what most of, you know, that's America. It's our default humanity. (laughs) I I do have a solution for EHD. uh, And it, it, it actually comes from the anti second amendment groups. You know how they'll put up like a gun free zone, which repels criminals who want to do a crime there. What if we put up like EHD found here signs near wetlands and marshy areas? That way the deer see the sign and they want to avoid right? Want to avoid that area. Yeah. Well, It'd be just about as effective as gun-free zones. Or you could just try to like spray something for mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. So... Cut them off at the it's, source. <laughs> it's yeah. So, so, and, and Dan, I, I think, I think to your point earlier on, you have to, you have to think outside of yourself. You have to think more statewide uh, and, 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 and deer, deer don't borders don't matter to deer. So like, and, and it's interesting how different, you know, Illinois has a different, um, uh, management strategy than Missouri does. And Missouri is different than Arkansas. And, and, and it, it's interesting when you think about, you know, how these different game agencies are managing their herds and just the reality is like even County to County, like the deer densities in St. Louis County around here are astronomical, but you go down to Southeast Missouri and it's kind of a different story. Yeah. So, um, it just takes being able to think outside well, or yourself. the fact that it's, you know, either one during the gun se- firearm season, you can have one antlerless permit or two, depending on the County. But yet if they find CWD, they want you to go annihilate every deer. And it's that's crazy. what, that's what upsets a lot of guys. Like in my hometown of St. Genevieve, you know, that's that they had some CWD positive testing. And, and so they finally just kind of got their deer herd back no. from blue tongue or EHD. I don't remember in the eighties or, you know, and, and, and they finally got it back to where they're killing some good deer down there. And they had, they had implemented an antler point restriction, I believe. And uh, so now because of the CWD, it's like, all right, get rid of all those things. And now we need to kill a bunch of deer. And it's upset a lot of people no, down no there. Doubt. So, and, and, you know, and we always get asked the same questions like, well, what would you do if it, ha- if you found it on your farm and they came in and asked to kill, you know, whatever, you know, a hundred deer or whatever it is. I don't know. 200 deer. You would be upset, but you know, I go, if it's for the greater good, I guess, I don't know, but I, you would definitely be upset about it. Oh, no doubt. No <laughs> I could see where they're all very angry, you yeah. know, and I, I understand it a hundred percent. They just kind of got the deer herd back where they feel like it's in good, healthy condition. Mm-hmm. So, so if, if folks want to read more about Dan's thoughts on hunter, hunter numbers and deer population numbers, you just, you just posted a, you just published a, a blog on that, right? Right. Yeah. It's deer and deer hunting.com. My blog is, it's just Dan Schmidt blog under there. Um, and also we have, we post them on our Facebook page, deer and deer hunting Facebook page as well. Um, most of my stuff is there. I've, I've, I've gone on some of these, these rants, Tim, just one point to what you said, which I a hundred percent agree with. One of our problems as a hunting community is when you said, when people say, um, well, we have to do something. The one thing that I always hear is not only that is, you know, basically is like, it's, it's basically that, well, well, we have to do something or at least it's better than nothing. Is it, is it really? Mm-hmm. Because it, the one thing that I, I see is um, urine bans. Well, we don't know, but we should probably take that. But why? There is scientific proof 
that it would take 33,000 gallons. Understand that 33,000 gallons of infected CWD urine. So a deer that's infected, 33,000 gallons, to affect one gram of brain protein. But people say, well, you know, well, we want to err on the side. Of, well, if we're going to err on the side of caution, just forget about deer hunting, is what I say. Because that's not doing that's not doing anything but driving people driving people out of business, driving hunters away from doing what they love to do. It's not smart. It's not a smart approach. Answer your question, deerandeerhunting.com, uh, Dan Schmidt blog. It's good to know my 20,000 gallon reservoir is safe then. <laughs> it's a lot of deer wee wee. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing to say. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Dan, Dan thanks so much for, for hopping on. Um, Let's do the question of the day here. We should. Um, the question of the day is from Mr. Chris Coker from Georgia. The question of the day is brought to you by Cabela's and Bass Pro. Your adventure starts here. Hey, this is Chris Coker from Covington, Georgia. I was calling or just wanting to know why early season you see a bunch of good bucks and then late season you see nothing but does it seems <laughs> and also what is late season what calling tips would you recommend for late season thank you for your time Thank you, Chris. If you would like to have your question answered on the show, just go to drewyoutdoors.com slash podcast, click the send voicemail uh, button, and uh, you could be famous like Chris. All right, Dan. So what do you think here? Chris's question. Um, Georgia is no different really than any other state that you hunt. A buck's home range is going to be a buck's home range. And when you're looking at early season, those bucks are normally in basher groups. And that's why you normally see more bucks together and why you normally see more bucks maybe on the property that you're hunting because he's going to be in a, a much wider area. And then as those deer disperse, as fall progresses, those bucks, you know, every buck, not every buck, but most bucks are looking to be the alpha buck, especially if they're a mature buck. And they're going to be uh, a little bit farther widespread. What, what, one thing I always tell people in my seminars is to take your property and then pretend that you're sitting on that drone and you're flying up into the air and look at it from a bird's eye view. Uh, mature buck, most areas, is his home range is going to be a square mile, sometimes more, sometimes less, but his core area is going to be smaller. So how does that help you? Well, as the season progresses, he's going to be tighter in that uh, preferred area of his home range, which could be, it depends upon where you're hunting. It could be, I've seen him 60 acres, 80 acre core areas. I've seen bigger core areas, but that's kind of where they're going to gravitate to. And why do you see more does, which is interesting is does live in maternally linked groups. So um, you're seeing sisters and aunts and grandmas, for lack of better terms, those does, if you look at that same aerial view, those interconnecting circles, um, those does are, their home range is going to be small. Their core areas are going to be small. And you're going to see them time and time again, and they gravitate towards uh, food sources. Uh, as far as calling tips, I would have to leave that to Mark uh, <laughs> as an expert. My tip would be don't uh, in the late his. season because <laughs> that's my experience is late season. Those deer have seen everything. And I, I normally, I can't remember I don't if there ever was a time I either grunted or rattled in a buck in December. I'll, it, it doesn't happen for me up here. Yeah. yeah. And it's so much easier to, to encounter a deer who is not 
coming in aware of anything. Just yeah. he's not looking for anything. Now I'm going to make this assumption, but it sounded like he was from the South. Oh, it says here he's from Georgia. So maybe he's Could got have been or over in Europe. I mean, Tbilisi, Georgia. <laughs> maybe he's got a, you know, I don't know when the rut is down there, but maybe in the late, our late season, you know what we say late season might not be as late for them. I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, in general, I, you know, Mark and Terry, through the years, I know Mark used to call a lot, but anymore, you know, it's during the rut only. And it's when he sees a buck and he's trying to get him to come the rest of the way in, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't do any blind calling or anything like that. So uh, like Dan, I'd say, (laughs) I'd say don't, but you know, I don't know exactly where he's hunting and what his peak peak estrus is down there or wherever. So yeah, very good. All right. Well, all right. Let's jump into the wildlife word. What is it? The wildlife word is uh, psoas major. Dan might know. I, I'm definitely out on this one. <laughs> I guarantee you both have eaten it. Dan, do you know what it is? I can't get to my Google that fast. No, <laughs> Hold on. I'll figure oh. it out. The psoas major are uh, the tenderloins ah. on a buck or dough. Okay. Yeah. I, I learned something today. That is that is awesome. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. I, I did not know that. Yeah. Tim, <laughs> wildlife hey, word paid gonna, off. I'm going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> so we do this every podcast, and I could say with 100% confidence that I know about one of these out of how many ever we've done. It's a very God help little, me if we ever do a test. Yeah. Oh, I can never repeat what you've told me. <laughs> I forget yeah. it instantly. <laughs> <laughs> In one ear, out the other. But yeah, and uh, they are by far the best cut of meat on a, on a deer. And I killed uh, a relatively young doe a couple weekends ago, and they just came out like sliding your hands down. And are those the ones out. you brought in the other day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I've taken to um, cutting them up into little chunks and then pounding them out with a meat with a meat hammer. Yeah, and then seasoning them, seasoning them, and they're like they're even like pounding them out just makes them incredible. It was good. So killing it in the kitchen. There you go with Tim, yeah, not yeah. Taylor. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've taken up enough of your time. We appreciate you joining us. Do you want to plug anything before you leave here? Hey, guys. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And then say hi to everybody there for me. Uh, for all the viewers, just check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. We have 400,000 followers Pinterest, on Pinterest, yeah. if you can believe that. Wow. Um, and uh, Pursuit Channel. Saturday Night Deer Camp, Deer and Deer Hunting, and deerandeerhunting.com. Awesome. Hands down, the best title of any media outlet in the outdoor industry. Deer and Deer Hunting? Yeah. yeah. It just says yeah. it. Yeah, it does. I it love says that. It. it says it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, we appreciate it. If you're listening to this, you got about oh, less than a week to sign up for the farm giveaway. December 15th, yeah. we, at, at midnight, we're shutting that thing we're down. We're shutting it down and drawing a name. And if that person doesn't contact us within X amount of days, we're going to draw another name and keep going. But the winner not only will win that 60 acres in Northern Missouri that's been pimped out by Mark and Terry and not hunted for the record, <laughs> <laughs> despite what some might say, it's gonna you're going to also win uh, six Reconyx cameras. You're going to win a thousand dollars, uh, in gift cards from Mossy Oak to kind of get fully outfitted. And then the archery trade association, ATA, they're going to fly in Indianapolis or drive in whatever, and put you up in a hotel. And we're going to announce it officially to the media there on Friday at 2 PM at the scent crusher booth. It's going to be a big time and it's going to be a party. Yeah. Yeah. So 
you want to make sure your name is in the hat. That's right. Got a little bit of time left. If you've already if you've already entered, then you're entered. Yeah, so you're going to only enter, enter once. Don't so. worry about it. But uh, but yeah, that and then we've got the twelve giveaways of Christmas coming up starting December twelfth, mm. which yeah. is probably Saturdays? tomorrow or it's Thursday. Well, yeah. So. Uh, so the, uh, all of our partners, have, a ton of our partners have hopped on with that. Some really great prizes. So it's getting a little confusing because people are like, okay, now what giveaway? We're is just giving right a now. bunch of sets. Our 30th anniversary. We wanted to say thank you. And that's <coughs> the best we know out. how. We're going to give a bunch of stuff away. That's so right. Just got to get into DeerCast and sign up. Daily. That's different. You have to sign up daily because we wipe the slates clean. Yeah. You have to be in there to see what's up and... All right. So again, dear cast. Okay. Well, Dan, uh, thanks again for joining us. Everyone, thank you for watching. Stay safe out there. Peace. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. You too.